We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Andy Lou, the Warriors are going into the All-Star break 19 and 18. How do you feel about that? You, are you asking me this if it was like before the season? If like before the season you told me that, how would I feel or right now? Honestly, I, I'm probably on the same wavelength as you. So give me give me both. Give me give me You're not- walk me through your feelings. Yeah, like, but I think if you told me this before the season that they were 19 and 18, I think I would have been okay with that. I think I would have been like, probably not great, but looking at the schedule for the beginning of the season, I would have been like, if you're 19 and 18, and then you look at what's going to, what who you guys are playing with the last 35-ish games or so, like this team is going to be just fine. But Sam, that we just had to watch the 37 games that they played, (laughs) unhappy. Right, because of the way that the games have unfolded, um, versus if you had just told me what the record was, I think that's where the difference is. The process has been atrocious. Yeah, I feel like um, we've probably hit on this uh, over the last month or so pretty consistently. The record bothers me less than the process because they're nineteen and eighteen. Maybe they could be, you know, they should probably be twenty-one and sixteen. Okay, something yeah, like yeah, that. At least, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But. The whole time they've been selling this concept that it's not about this year, it's about next year, which is fine. I agree with it in principle, especially when you lose Clay Thompson for the year, right? I don't know that they developed anyone. All I've seen is Steph Curry being a hero uh-huh, and reminding uh-huh. everyone he's amazing. Draymond 
really stretching the boundaries of how good he can be without scoring. <laughs> and, right. um, you know, have they developed anyone? Like Wiggins is kind of what we expected, a little better on defense. Ubre again, what we expected. But, like, the real point, and I think this is what I want to talk about tonight, is I don't know if James Wiseman's moving in the right direction. And the less important, like, because James Wiseman is the most important young player they have. Mm-hmm. The less important players, like Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion, Eric yep. Pascal, like, yep. did are any of them developing? Uh, so I think we should spend tonight talking about this. I think this should be the crux of what, the topic tonight. And, and, and really, I want to hear what people's thoughts are about this, as they call it, too, right? It's... If the season is about James Wiseman, then you want to figure out the best way to 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 play James Wiseman. So let's start there before you even get to pool, right? So like, what what do you like? What's the best way to develop James Wiseman? He's good at shooting. He's pretty fast, right? He runs up and down the court pretty fast. He's an athlete, big guy. for sure. He's a big, yeah. yeah, good athlete. He's not a fucking. He's not. He's not Frank Kaminsky out there though. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky looks good uh, against him right now. But it's like, okay, so put him in those situations to succeed, which is. Like a, a run, a running offense, right? Maybe some pick and roll, maybe some pick and pop. Get him a three, right? Because he can shoot a little bit. Like simple Bring stuff. Bring back Nelly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't even know if Nelly would like him, but it's like that type of style. And like, are we getting that? No. And like, I feel like um, we're getting to the main point here is if we look at it, James Wiseman's first couple of games. All right, the Warriors got, you know. Uh, the shit kicked out of him against Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, and we all knew that was coming to start the season and it is what it is. But Wiseman in those games, you're like, Oh damn, three for four from three. And you know, you're seeing some of the athleticism and now he's not taking threes. And now I feel like he looks more confused more than anything. Like, you know, we, we don't both want to get our Bill Simmons on here with the body language doctor, but like everyone can see he's in his own head. Yep. And, you know, I do think LaMelo is more talented than him, but the the striking difference between the two is I don't see LaMelo in his own head. And I see James Wiseman getting Mm. more in his head as the season goes. Mm. And that's what's frustrating because I think James Wiseman is exceptionally talented and and should become an excellent player. And whether he's better than LaMelo Ball or not is not the point. I'm wondering if we're going to see the best version of what James Wiseman can be in this type of development system. 100%. 100%. Like that's look like if you did the same system with LaMelo, yeah, he'd probably be just as good or or better or maybe a little bit worse. Like he wouldn't be demonstratively worse, but that's case to case. Then, then look, you don't have LaMelo. You have someone like James Wiseman. You have someone that it's obvious he's out there taking things hard on himself. Why not try to make, because you can also think of it this way. I think if you're Steve Kerr, this, this staff, you're saying like, well, we don't have to do that because he's a kid. It's like, why should we cater to him? But on the other hand, it's like, he's a second overall pick in the draft. You guys picked them. He's who you guys want to be the, be the face of franchise six years from now, right? <laughs> right. So if that's the case, why aren't you catering the way that you coach and develop players around him? Like, wouldn't that actually make the most sense? It's not like you're doing it for Jordan Poole. <laughs> which we'll get to, he he's, should be a foundational piece, James Wiseman. Whether he can be or not, we can argue about that all day. Who knows? Like, he should be the foundational piece of, with which you change the way you develop players. He should not be coached to be Kevon Looney. 
Yeah. And that's the part that's really confusing me. It's like, I'm watching Wiseman and okay. It doesn't take a genius to be like, all right, he's not very physical. And, um, you know, his hands aren't where you want, but on the positive side, some of the plays he makes when he faces guys up are a lot more advanced than a 19 year old should be. The size is what it is. And, you know, for a guy who's kind of out of control because the game's moving too fast, he has a lot better shooting touch than you would think. So I would think you'd be trying to develop his jump shot and kind of face him up and go from there and not have him posting up and trying to run sets like he's Andrew Bogut, you know, <laughs> like that's the part that's confusing to me. And that's where I'm wondering, Are the, is the coaching staff, is Steve Kerr being too rigid here? Is this too much like, I want you to play a certain way <laughs> and as opposed to looking at talent for what it is, because I'm going to tell you right now, players coming down the pipeline are only going to be more like James Wiseman yeah, and less like Andrew Bogut. It's going to be more athleticism, more face up, more dribble moves, less like back to the basket, dribble handoff and like pinch post passing. And that's just yes. the direction the game is moving. And I just want to say one thing before before I give back to you. I'm getting a little tired of hearing people be like, well, this is about Steph. It's hard to play with Steph. It's No, it's not. It's not hard to play with Steph Curry. Adaptation can be made. He's the most complete player offensively in the NBA. He can play in any system. He likes running pick and roll. If you want to play him off ball, he's cool. If you want to play him in pick and roll, he's cool. If you want to play him in some sort of hybrid system, he's fine either way. This idea that Wiseman has to learn how to be Kayvon Looney to accommodate what Steph wants, I'm calling BS on that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you don't think if, uh, if, if Steve Kerr said, well, you know what, Steph? in order to make life a little bit easier for James Wiseman, we're just going to run pick and roll today. You, know, you think Steph is going to come and say, well, you know, I don't know. I kind of want to be JJ Redick again. I kind of want to run 83 miles a game and be tired. Right? Like I don't three miles. <laughs> you know, like you know, James Harden looks spectacular and he's fucking out of shape. Like it, it could because he doesn't do anything on offense except for hey, nobody shaming. <laughs> like I mean, he's in shape compared to the rest of the normal human race but like the dude is the dude is him like that's why he's always tired because he's out of shape but it doesn't matter right in the regular season gets the ball he does his thing he moves like in that little like eight foot area between like a three-point line and the and the, <laughs> and the light and the layup kind of and like doesn't play any defense so he could just chill all day it's kind of like even what lebron does it just chills all day and they're fine so with steph it's like he doesn't have to do all the things that he does but it's cool that he does, but you can slow that down a little bit. You can protect them by changing your system. That's the other thing, Sam. I would say, if you're Steve Kerr and you're saying, like, you don't want to wear stuff down. You know how you can not wear stuff down? Just change the way your offense is run because your offense require, requires Steph to run so much on every possession just to get an open shot when you can literally just run a pick and roll. And absolutely. And so that's why we're getting back to the same point because I think everyone would agree 19 and 18 at the all-star break. It's about what we were hoping for. You know, we, we no one here is unrealistic. Everyone knew when Clay went down, they were going to be a lower tier playoff team, right? Like that's just reality. Um, at least with the roster that they entered camp with. Um, it's the fact that 
in this year that I don't want to call it a wasted year because they're probably going to make the playoffs. And, you know, Steph is playing like an MVP. He's probably not going to win it, but he is playing at that level. Um, I don't know that they're developing guys. Like if you're going (laughs) to not compete for a title, at least have James Wiseman be a better player in April than he was when you drafted him. And that's, that's where it's, it's frustrating for us. We're like, we can take the inconsistency, but the inconsistency while you're playing Brad Wanamaker, who's okay. So it's not working out with Wanamaker, but that happens, but he's 32. He's not a piece of the future. You know that like, that's my, that's my point, right? Like uh, yeah. you're playing Brad, you're playing Looney. You decide to bench Wiseman for Looney. And I, and uh, I don't think Wiseman's got better for it. Like, but who's who's the bigger piece for you going forward? Like all these things add up, and I'm I'm just wondering, like, are we going to enter next year having learned nothing, developed nothing with Wiseman, and are just praying that Clay Thompson defies medical science? Because that's what it sounds like. That's what that's what the talking points are starting to sound like. Now we're starting to hear, well, if Clay didn't get hurt, they'd be contending. And uh, you know, when Clay comes back, it'll be different. And all of that points to the same thing, which is like, I, I mean, partially true. Yes. If Clay doesn't go down, they're probably at least they're as good as the Clippers. They're right there. Um, yeah. But like right. on the other, on the other hand, it's like, is it the whole point of having this reset where you're not competing that you want to develop James Wiseman to be that piece to bring you back to have like a real shot at like, not just being a contender, but being like a prohibitive team going forward. Yep, I agree with all of that. And I think that that's the big, that's the largest point is that if they had Clay Thompson, I think like they're right. I agree. Like he's healthy from all the accounts. It was, he looks amazing coming off the ACL injury, right? Like he was ready to play um, maybe at, at least like 85% of who he was. So they were going to be, and then, and then they'd get veteran players. They'd get guys that want to play for them. They were going to be a contender in my opinion, at least as good as the Lakers and Clippers. Cause none of these teams are to me are amazing. That amazing. Um, but then there's the other side of what you're saying, James Wiseman. And now I want to move this towards someone like Jordan Poole, who I don't think is an NBA player from what I've seen last season. Right. Um, and I can only judge off what I've seen last season. But ever since he's gone to Santa Cruz, he's been pretty good. Um, and he looked pretty damn good tonight. Right. And he didn't start tonight. He didn't really play that much, Tim. And I think that's another problem because you talked about Wanamaker playing tonight. And that's one of the things where you're sitting there and you're saying, well, if this season isn't about winning the championship, because you've said that 20 times and it's about developing the players, then why are we not developing someone like Jordan Poole? Because isn't For, he someone? Yeah, particularly, someone in a night, particularly in a night when Steph and Draymond aren't playing like they threw in the flag. I, I'm not even mad. that they. Uh, yeah, it. I'm OK with that. Yeah. I, when I looked at that, I was like, OK, this is a perfect opportunity to get Jordan Poole sure. 30 minutes. Sure. Get get uh, Wiseman thirty minutes and kind of see what they are. Maybe they get a little confidence, and maybe that helps you off the bench going into the second half of the season. Instead, it's like Jordan Poole maybe played his best quarter as a Warrior in the second quarter, and then they don't play him for like fifteen minutes for no reason. You know, like those are the things where I'm I'm confused what direction we're going with because like on a night like tonight, like. And I think Brad Wanamaker will probably play better going forward because he's been terrible. Sure. But like, he's a veteran. Like it, 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 you can even point to like Bazemore in the same capacity. Like 
I'm not, you know, you don't have to play Bazemore too much tonight. Like I, I Bazemore will be fine next Thursday after the right. Oscar break. Right? right. You know, like tonight right. should have been a night to play the kids yeah. and get them going. And instead it's, I don't know. It's, are we actually making progress with the yeah. team at this yeah. point? That's my question. That's the fundamental question. Cause Steph will come back. Um, maybe they start the second half rough cause they have a terrible schedule. But like they're probably going to end the season at a little above their Vegas win total, like 37, 38, and 34, something like that. And But all of that to not develop the young pieces that you're hoping will actually propel you going forward is what's weird. That and their goal was to develop like their goal was to develop down pieces. This is not something we're saying that is like unrealistic of them, right? Like if we're coming out here and saying, well, they should be winning a championship. They should be trading all their pieces for Bradley Beal. We're not even saying that. <laughs> We're literally saying just develop your pieces so that you can actually be uh, – so that actually next year when you get Clay back and James Wiseman is better, hopefully, that you can and, have – maybe, maybe you pick right, up a you veteran have, too. Yeah. <laughs> pick up a veteran or two. Like you have that – like strength in numbers, right? That's what you want to play. Like then get the numbers. You don't just – you can't just get Barbosa and Livingston again and, and, and Spates. Like, you know what's going to happen? You're, you're going to have to develop your own Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston on the Warriors was not some, like, hyper... Like, he wasn't some hyper-rare player that you can't develop. He was a good role player. You could develop that. Excellent role player. It's not... Yeah, yeah excellent role player. Yeah, correct me. Excellent role player. But he's not, he's not someone that you can't develop, like, 75% of. 80-85% of, right? He's not like Andre Godala, then maybe like I'm with you. Like you probably can't get a ne- next Andre Godala, but like you can get those guys, develop those guys. That should be your goal. Um, and that should be why James, uh, James Wisen should be playing in a different situation, different style. And, and Jordan Poole should be playing more. Like he played a bunch of garbage time there at the other game was garbage time, but like, it felt like he should have been playing in the third quarter and like in the first quarter. And there's no reason why he was sitting. So. And we haven't even touched on Eric Pascal, but like he's oh, kind of taking he's kind of taking a step backwards too. Which God. again, another player who I don't think I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like I don't think he's going to be some sort of superstar, but he can be a, a valuable role player, yes. right? Yes. We're into year two, and his jump shot hasn't come around. He's still just kind of doing the same mid post ISO, and if he has a good matchup, he'll take advantage of it. But like it's predictable against good teams, and you know, has he developed since last year? Has Pascal got better since his rookie year? Uh, no. And and I was, you know, I was somewhat high on Pascal coming into the season just because I thought he was a little underrated. I didn't think people were talking about him enough. But um, he just, the guy doesn't pass. He takes way too many bad shots. Uh, excellent driving to the hole. But, like, not good enough defensively to to say that he should be playing small ball five full-time and make a career there. Right. So there's really not much that he does outside of like, hey, when he's hot for mid range, like you can play him at small ball five for a few weeks. But is that an NBA player? Like, I don't <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know about all that. I like the confidence. I like all of that. But but it's not he's not an NBA player outside of when he gets hot for mid range for a couple of weeks. Like Montres Harrell was my comp for him just in terms of like the type of energizer. Uh, that he can be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. but like Montrez Harrell is like he's a great finisher, he can post up and finish, he's longer, like he affects more stuff defensively, even though he's not great defensively. But like he's at least reliable out there, can get you 10 14 points a game every night. And uh, I don't know how we how you can get that from Eric Pascal. Um, and 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 here's the other thing, Sam it's a three point shooting, 
So if you're going to develop these players, uh, like like Spurs, Toronto, you get these guys shots. Uh, Miami, like you should be able to develop Eric Pascal to have some type of jumper. He's shooting the exact same that he shot last season, like that really high arcing like shot kick, shot put, or the the kick out, and it's just, it's awful. And it's like, are you going to help the guy actually shoot shots or not? Because that thing has no chance of going in. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of I think we're on the same page here. Our fundamental issue is they're I don't think they've developed anyone. I think it's just Steph carrying a team to what he's going to carry a team to. And it's not in search of a greater good where the Warriors enter next year. Well, at least this is worth it. At least James Wiseman got his lumps and he's a little better off. Maybe, maybe we're wrong, but through the first half, it's not looking that way. Should we open this up to questions? Yeah, let's rip through some let's rip through some people. Hey everyone, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all that, we'll get you your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That is bwhustle.com slash join. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. 
If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, let's let's start with with our guy here. How we doing, boys? Mike Mikis. What's up, (laughs) my man? How you doing? Uh, Men of the people, uh, potting after what we just watched. I do have to give uh, my props. You guys are working harder than Steve Kerr as a coaching. (laughs) Um, <laughs> um, I, I just saw that Brad Wanamaker actually tweaked his ankle. And I thought Jordan Poole played a good game, so I'm excited to see what he can do with the uh, second unit. That's my my one real takeaway. But um, I posed this question in the chat the other day, and I'm curious. Uh, I'm thinking with Clay's injury, I'm starting to get this worry uh, that you know, obviously, because science is as as much as it's progressed, I don't know that we're like totally there yet. I don't really know that Clay Thompson's going to play more than 25 minutes uh, a game next year. And I don't know that he's going to be back before the all-star break. Is there any chance provided that we move forward with Ubre and we resign him and he's like part of the uh, starting lineup for the rest of the year that we see Clay Thompson fully become like the late Spurs Manu Ginobili. And he is the sixth man next year off the bench, as opposed to Ubre being off the bench, who's younger, can play 35 minutes, 34 minutes a game in the playoffs. But Clay could be the ultimate heat check guy coming off the bench, could give you 30 if he's hot. But if not, you can just kind of keep him on a minutes restriction and chill out. Like he's just no longer even the starter. Is that crazy? Is that like an insane idea? I don't Let's, think it's I, I don't think it's an insane idea, but I would like to see it for a player of a higher caliber than Kelly Oubre starting over him. How's that sound? Yeah, and I, I don't think that's crazy. I guess I'm just like, I'm starting to think that maybe we, that Clay, I know we haven't seen anything. We have not seen anything at all. But, um, you know, I don't know that we can ask him to to come in and be, I think we keep talking about like when we have Clay next year, when we have Clay next year. And I'm starting to really worry like, man, maybe this is like cold, but I'm like, can we trade Clay for Bradley Beal right now? Like, you know. Because we don't know what we get with Clay. We know what we have with Ubre. We know what we have with Wiggins. Clay might not be, he might be a shell of himself. He really might be like, we saw what Boogie Cousins was afterwards. He's like not a player anymore. You can still probably get a piece for Clay and, you know, some poo poo platter of players, fucking whoever. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like being very pessimistic here, but just watching these losses these past few days, I'm just like, man, we got to do something. Uh, because Steph, Steph's got, you know, three, four more years of being this guy, hopefully. And, um, I'm starting to think, Sam. You, this you'll understand this, but with succession, you know, Logan says Kendall's too nice. I'm more, <laughs> I'm worried that Steph is maybe too nice. Like he doesn't have that killer in him off the court. That, you know, as much as as much as we don't like LeBron, LeBron will just trade people when it's not working. I'm worried that Steph's not gonna hold the ownership to uh, the fire and and make sure that a move gets done to extend his prime. I, I he's think the, too nice of I, a guy. I think the move wouldn't be Clay. First of all, I I don't think they. I don't think that's. I think the move that move there would be Draymond. I think is is the as that guy. Like I think end of the day you. But nobody wants Draymond. Nobody yeah, wants well, Draymond. The, you pro- might the want problem that. is the problem is Clay has a massive contract too and is coming off two injuries. I don't even know if people would want him. 
Like that's I really that's like true. he might be still worth more to the Warriors than he is to any other team. That that's the thing. And then if you're putting pieces along with him, then now you're just like, who are you really getting back that really is going to make you that much better in terms of contender? Um, I think the the player that that yeah, it's it's probably Draymond, and it's like nobody wants him. But the one the way you do that is because he doesn't fit moving forward. If you think James Wiseman is going to be your starting center and the anchor defensively, then why do you need uh, Draymond Green? Because Draymond Green's useless on offense outside of some rondoing on 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 offense, uh, but he's really great on defense. But if you have James Wiseman, you think he's good enough there, then you really don't need Draymond. Also, it just clogs everything up uh, at the four and five position on two guys with those two guys. Um, so I I I'm, I hear you on that. I also just from a sentimental perspective, not happening. I know Clay I know. he's a forever warrior. <laughs> I get it. I know. Yeah, but uh, like Steph and Clay, those two guys, like not happening. Migas, appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. I'm going to add on to it. <laughs> deep sigh. <laughs> deep sigh. Well, you know, these post game shows are often just a deep sigh. Uh, I think, I think you're, I think the bigger point is what you guys are saying, which is like, even if you wanted to do that, I don't think anyone's giving you anything worth your while for Clay. Um, but I do think the Warriors need to start planning for Clay being limited um, because. It, it's just unfair to be like when clay comes back next year, like he hasn't had two terrible injuries, you know, like you can't just assume the man's going to come back and be the guy you saw in game six. Yeah. Even, even like, I it's no, I don't even think anybody is outside of the fact that they just keep saying it is concerning. Like I'm with you on that. Just the fact that he keeps just like, okay, end zone. Can, yeah, like we, we get it. We get it. Um, but I, on the other hand, like I think that if you develop James Wiseman to be a very good player, by the end of this season, going into next season, you have full training camp for another season under his belt. And then you get Jordan Poole, you get Nico, like you get Justinian Jessup over. Like if you develop some of these guys to become rotation players, like I think that's good enough. And then you, and then you re-sign Kelly Oubre. Maybe you use the taxpayer mid-level to get a decent player, right? Like maybe a veteran big. You sign another wing for the vet minimum, Ken Bazer, another Like I don't think that's, crazy to say by the middle of next season that that's a, a contending team Sam like what team right now are you saying is the, like for sure better than that team can beat them in a seven like yeah, Lakers like I don't even know if I, need, you know the I, to, I that, just like, need I just need to see how they all I need to, you need to see it but if there's just no team here that is saying like oh they're amazing like they are amazing they're winning they're three-peating they're two-peating like I don't see it like I, I just I don't unless the Lakers go at 16 and one this this postseason like okay but like there's no warriors there's no miami heat even um that that we're scared of next guy fair enough all right antonio what you got for us hey what's up guys um i came on tonight i was watching the game it was very mixed emotions for me because i don't know if y'all remember the first time i hopped on the uh one of you guys post games i was talking about oh i'm a big jordan Poole fan and then the whole chat was flaming me and i just wanted to see the reaction <laughs> of this right now you know what I'm saying? How you feeling? Now you want to switch up? No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, pool can get hot <laughs> sometimes. That's what makes him, that's why I like him. You know, he's a fun player. He's not always going to give you that. But I was just like you guys, I was just very disappointed. Like, why is he in there with Wanamaker? Like, at first it pained me, like, when he got a rebound. And it's like, you know, the coach told him, oh, get, grab the ball. So he goes back and gives it to Wanamaker, not bringing the ball off the court. We didn't even get to see any action with him and Wiseman together. And uh, I saw your tweet, Andy, and you know, um, Nico was kind of supposed to be in there to pass the ball around the Wiseman, but he really didn't do that too much. But he, you know, Nico made his threes, which is more than Brad gives you. Um, 
I was just kind of like, it was good to see. I was happy to see Poole and Nico show out, but I was sad to not see them like being utilized. And I was getting real mad in the fourth when it seemed like every time up, Pascal wants to take some, some, that, that, um, yeah. wing three. And I was just like, bro, oh. this isn't your time, man. You have garbage time in the, all the other games and you show out, but this one isn't your time. And I was thinking like, um, I know he's like not playing well right now and he's just not shooting well, but going forward, I would much rather see one on the roster. Um, do you think we could just dump off Pascal to some team or what? Cause I know one, trade value is JTA. Not, but, yeah. Well, yeah. well, the thing is since they've made it so that two way guys are basically full roster guys, like there's no limit and they can play in the playoffs. Like, they don't have to make that decision. I think Juan's going to play a lot next year, though, like the future. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Seems to me like he'll be on the roster next year. We'll see. Um, I'm with you though. Like he's objectively a useful player. He knows how to play with them. They like him. Like there's a spot for him on this roster, especially when you look at like five spots they have on the roster who are doing nothing right now. Like you could you can find a place for Juan Sagano Anderson next year. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you, Antonio. We're going to keep moving. Got Joe Buckets. Joe, what's up, man? Can you there? Me? All right, we can keep moving. Can you hear me? Oop. Joe, sorry about that. We can hear you. Can you hear yes, us? Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand. I, I know many guys have said this before, but just Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> There was, I bet you, there was this three uh, possession stint that he had where he played good defense and he distributed the ball well. And I bet you Steve is just playing that on a loop tonight. He's just, he just craves that for some reason for his vets. He has to play those vets over the young guys. I guess it's just defense, but I, 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 I'm just baffled. I thought he was better at seeing the talent available to him and just making the most out of it. Hey, we're with you. I don't know. I don't know. Andy, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Talk about, talk about my guy, my favorite player, old Braddy. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> uh, favorite. Everyone's no, favorite. I, you know, I, I think uh, it's, it's, it is a little curious that a lot of players play in the Warriors system and seem to lose confidence, I think is a, uh, is a growing concern. And, uh, you know, everyone's hard on Brad Wanamaker. Shout out Omri Caspi. Omri Caspi, even Nick Young, right? Before, like, he made a big shot, but he struggled that season, too. Um, and a lot of guys that were supposed to be, like, solid vet players really just kind of lose their way. And I think you're seeing that with James Wiseman and Brad Wanamaker, who, like, supposed to be a perfect fit, like like Omri Caspi. Supposed to be a perfect fit. Smart guy, decent shooter, doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't make mistakes. But he gets here, and he's fucking useless. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I, 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 I do kind of feel bad for him. It looked like he was hurt today. Um, he got hurt at uh, the end yeah. of the game. Yeah. And it, and it does look like, Hey, the, he's probably going to be out of the rotation. Um, and he probably should have been out of the rotation at some point. What I'm trying to say is maybe you question the system. It's what I keep saying. Maybe you question the way that this offense is run by Steve Kerr, because if you're saying that it's meant to make Steph Curry, who he is, that's just, that's wrong. That's just that's just absolutely incorrect. Um, also, yeah, go ahead. Also, another thing, like I, I'm usually not like this, but I just got so pissed off watching the game today. Um, I'm gonna uh, go a little conspiracy theory here. Oh, uh, yeah, I think that 
Steve Kerr really, uh, in in the previous offseason, he really wanted Brad, saw Brad, and thought he would be a great fit for what he wanted him to do. And now that he's not really performing, he wants to keep, get, you know, trying to get him going, going to try to keep, you know, forcing that square peg into a round hole. And it's just not working out. And he's kind of embarrassed by it, I think, because, you know, he has that cachet to say, you know, I really like that guy, Bob. You know, I think this can really work. But now that it's not working, it's like, oh, man, he's he kind of embarrassed by it. I don't know. I don't think that's conspiracy. I think you might be right. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you either, Joe. We're gonna, we keep moving. Appreciate you. But, yeah, I mean, look, Steve's a stubborn coach. He's going to ride guys and stick with them until uh, for longer than he should. And there's definitely a level of I like this guy and I think he'll be good and I'm going to stick with him as long as possible. All right, keep this moving. Nandy, what's up, man? Hey, uh, hi, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, I'm from India, actually. So it's. uh, Uh, I actually started following basketball just around some three months back. And the first team I got hitched on was the 2013 Warriors, like where I saw Steph ball out against the Denver Nuggets. And I was really impressed with him. And then I saw the 2016 Warriors and 17 Warriors and I really fell in love with them. So this is the first season that I'm following. And I was kind of hoping that it would be the same team because I don't really know how the players play and the new players on the roster. But (laughs) it seemed like straight up disappointment. And then, like, I didn't just watch highlights, okay? So, that's why I was uh, not very keen to comment on what is happening here. Because I watched some of the matches in through the full length to understand what they're trying to do. And that's why I really fell in love with uh, what the Warriors were doing and what Curry was doing. Mm-hmm. So, but now, uh, I, I actually don't know uh, what's happening in the front office right now. But... Uh, Media, they talk to the media every day, right? Right. Uh, I see Marcus and Anthony Slater have their opinions uh, that they post on Twitter. Some of it are a little harsh, but th- <laughs> this has been something I've seen uh, commonly happening. Like They don't voice those questions while talking to the team front office or... Yeah. Uh, well, the, I, yeah. I, and... like, would cut them off in the next next interview or something like that or are they afraid or so yeah so i think that's that's uh that's common like what you see in terms of how the press conferences work is kind of like what it's like kind of appearances right a lot of these players already have pre-existing relationships uh with guys like ethan anthony marcus like those guys talk to coaches and bob and mike dunleavy and those people in the front office all the time um and so a lot of these interviews are mostly kind of just for quotes and just immediate post-game and reaction. And form- it's, a, it's a formality process. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Really just like, hey, this is what we just got to do. It's part of our job. But really the juicy stuff, the really good information that they get is off the record, um, texting calls. And, and before COVID, all of that good stuff would be done kind of like in the hallway, right? Where nobody's really – like people are just walking through. Um, and so a lot of this on-camera interviewing – is probably not as intimate as, as what actually happens. Nandy, we appreciate you. We're going to take you off the air right now. Um, yeah, a lot of feedback. But, hey, call it from India, though. Very cool. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you're still listening. Call back in. Turn off the uh, the volume behind you. We'll, we'll let you keep going. Yeah, I mean, pre- and post-game Zooms are 
I don't want to call them a formality, but it, like it's not the it's not the place to um, you know debate and spar with someone. It's it's about getting quotes. It's about getting the info out, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, yeah. Anyway, let's keep moving. I right, we keep moving to a Glenn Scott for us. Glenn, can you hear us? Hey, yeah, I can hear you guys. Awesome. What's up? What you got for us? Um, well, so first of all, just one thing I wanted to kind of touch on, uh, you know, you talked about Brad Wanamaker and I mean, obviously there is no question he is not playing well. Um, but I, I guess the one thing that I want to put out there is like, let's remember what Kelly Oubre looked like in January. And, you know, keep in mind that like these guys hopefully can bounce back. Um, but beyond that, um, it's it's honestly not that relevant to to tonight's game, but for the past couple of nights, um, I'm curious what you guys think about uh, JTA's playing time. And um, you know, there was talk that he was going to be out of the rotation, and then uh, we had that game against the Pacers, and I, it really felt like a perfect game for him to be getting in there and matching up against Sabonis and and Turner, and then he got the fourth quarter and my question is I'm curious where you guys see him fitting in going forward Andy you want to take this one one to JTA is this a JTA one um yeah okay so I I think he's played his way into the rotation yeah I think he's pretty much a small ball four for them um, he does a lot of the same stuff Draymond does. It's useful for them to have a secondary passer out of the small, out of the power forward position. And, um, you know, I, he's a good player. I, th- I think he should stay in the rotation. I don't think Andy or I, I, I can't speak for Andy, but like, I don't have an issue with Juan or anything. Like my bigger thing is obviously um, Wiseman's the biggest piece for this team's future. So I'm more concerned about how they're developing him than necessarily how Juan plays going forward. Yeah, he'll be on the roster. He'll be he'll be playing. It, it's good to get somebody that can actually handle and make smart decisions, right? Like there's a lot of players on this team that can't do that. And it's it's interesting that he's probably the third smartest player on this team. Um, and then you've got Jordan Poole tonight shooting the ball the way that he did, and you can probably argue that he's probably the third best three point sh- second best three point shooter on this team. Maybe like would you you would have Steph and then. Like maybe maybe Ubre Wiggins and like Ubre Wiggins sure. are what thirty three percent yeah you know like and then Paul well, no, Michael Mulder, Mulder is definitely the second best shooter Mulder yeah like some of these but like some of these guys you know whatever we'll see right but anyway it's just it's just concerning that they don't actually have uh, guys that can actually do that with long minutes um, anyway thanks for the Ag- call agreed um, we'll keep moving. Steve Kerr not happy in the in the comments with me. Francis, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, guys? So, uh, jumping around a lot of league pass, I've never hear heard a more cheerful announcing team when a team's getting blown out at the end of the games. And uh, Sam kind of tweeted this: "Who's the you know what a great company man Fitz is? Uh, you know." <laughs> like this is ridiculous this is like you know what what would you put this out of a 10 for a fits and as a bookie game I, I would give tonight like a seven seven point five i think 
we didn't get the full fits. The full fits involves a little more conspiracy theories, a little more, um, <laughs> a little more, you know, the refs are screwing us a little more of that. But like, you know, in general, this was an above average fits performance. Like if fits was Steph Curry, this was like a solid 10 for 22, 30, 30 point night where you're like, all right, you know, we, we didn't get, he didn't explode on us. It wasn't a, um, you know, it, it isn't going to hit the highlight reel and the best performance of the season, but no one's going to call it a dud either. It was definitely an above average performance. All right. I have a conspiracy theory of my own. Uh, don't get offended. But has any clutch goons uh, gotten in touch with, with you guys? Um, particularly Andy. I've seen very little <laughs> clutch slander on the timeline. And there's one instance that makes me very suspicious. <laughs> and this is after uh, Draymond's press conference, which was just like total clutch propaganda 101. Like he comes out with this grandiose statement that was kind of like incoherent, full of flawed, you know, and then like days later was saying it was the most powerful speech like ever given in the NBA. And you guys never suspected that this is like a clutch <laughs> you know, driven narrative uh, that they pushed. You're talking about the Drummond? <laughs> the Drummond? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the Drummond okay. club. That All was right. like clutch 101 for sure. That was like PR tactics. I, I did uh, workshops. I did, uh, I, I did pull, talk pull about the receipts, it. Pull the receipts, Andy. I did not. I did not tweet about it. So you're right. I did talk about it on a podcast. You know, as as I get older, I'm about to be 30 years old. I am. I I feel like I'm getting more mature. So I although I, although I say that in some of the stuff I tweeted tonight, I'm like, yeah, maybe not true. Um, <laughs> but I just uh, some of the takes with Draymond, I try to keep to the podcast because I think Warriors fans aren't too happy about them. But my my thoughts uh, on the Draymond speech with uh, with Drummond, the one that you're referencing, yeah, I just. Full of shit. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what the hell was that? Like, it was, it was like James trying Harden. Get, yeah, trying to get an agent's cut from Drummond's <laughs> yeah. next deal. Like, Dra- James no Harden sense. did not get. James Harden did not get slandered. Andre Andre Drum Andre Drummond is fine. He's making twenty million dollars a season to do nothing 30. right now. Yeah, thirty million. Like these guys are completely fine. And honestly, and Marcus Thompson said this, so I feel I feel good about agreeing with it. Right now, with the way the world is, honestly, yeah. who gives a shit? <laughs> some of these guys making $20 million are going through. Like it, it was absolutely crazy of the third. It was incoherent. Lots of flaws. Like none of his examples like were relevant to what it, you know the intention was. And uh but it but what was outrageous was him like a week later after the you know debacle in Charlotte, where he's like, Yeah, I just made one of the most powerful speeches in NBA history. Like Dude, come on. Uh, but guaranteed, like, Rich Ball and Clutch were, like, you know, hyping him up probably afterwards. Like, I, oh, mean, yeah, I mean, Twitter and was LeBron, hyping it up. 1, classic Twitter. Oh, yeah. classic ESPN talking heads, too, saying, like, this yeah. is amazing. This is without, like, actually looking at the examples he's giving, which made zero sense. <laughs> but no, but so, but seriously, like, you know, you, you've mentioned a couple times that, like, NBA players or maybe the representatives slide into your DMs, like getting mad at you or, you know, through some other uh, associate. Nobody ever from Clutch has ever reached out to you and said, like, hey, you know, tone it down. Uh, per, per, source, per sources, Clutch hung Andy over the side of his building by his ankles. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that, Francis. So keep it moving. We can't uh, uh, we can't talk too much to that, but uh, you know Andy's Andy's got a lot. Um, he only he only speaks about it on premium now. 
because he has to uh, keep it safe. Otherwise, they're going to send the goons after yeah. him. I have uh, no, uh, <laughs> no comment. I have no comment. That's all right, keep right. moving. <laughs> Dominic, what's up, man? Can you hear us? Hey, yeah, I can hear you. Hey, y'all. Hey, Dominic. Hey, Andy, stay safe out there. Just want to start off with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I've been a Warriors fan all my life. Um, this this season has been interesting, to say the least. But um, I definitely feel you with your point, Sam, of saying, you know, what are we doing this year for not competing? Um, and I'm glad they played Wiseman more today, um, tonight. But the the post ups were kind of brutal to watch, um, and I didn't know what they're kind of doing with that offense, but. I guess the question I have for you both is I know uh, the guy that kind of he's flown off the radar because he's been hurt, but where do you see Marquise Chris fitting in um, once he comes back? Um, I'm not sure exactly when that's going to be, but it seems like he's progressing in his rehab. Um, And where do you see him fitting in, especially with the second unit that's really struggling? Yeah. I mean, if Marquise Chris was healthy right now, he'd be playing all of Wiseman's minutes, huh? Like he'd be an incredible fit right now with the way that they want to play athletic, that doesn't sound good, man. I don't. <laughs> no, no, but, but you're saying, right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's kind of been in the system already. Um, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, like he's he'd be a great fit. But you're right. <laughs> it's probably not probably not great. But they need a um, they need some kind of like they need some kind of energy at the five position, like mixed with some kind of veteran. It's weird to say that Chris is a veteran, but when you yeah. watch Wiseman play, you're like, yeah. I mean, hey, here's the thing. Like, you made a good point. Like the post ups today were just like. Who thought that was a good idea? Like, <laughs> yeah. What is the purpose who, of this? What are we? What is what are this? We, why are we posting lies? Like, what are we trying to get out of this? What, yeah, what, it, what is the end result of this play? <laughs> they, like Wanamaker, like, Wanamaker fading away from eighteen feet. Like, what are we doing here? That's so true. I mean, like they dudes athletic. Like, let him run, and he can shoot right, pick and pop. You can get open and knock down shots. Then when you put up, he's not even posting up against like I don't know great centers, and he still looks like he doesn't really have a move that he's confident in and he can't really hold the ball for too long. So it looks really awkward to me. I know he's 19. He'll develop. People say it all the time, but yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. And even if he does develop, like I, you know, they, um, and Dominic, we appreciate you're going to take you off the stage now. Sure. Um, they talk about how like they see Giannis like potential in him. And when you see him face up and spin from the top of the key, you're like, that looks Giannis-esque, right? I I don't know what posting up has to do with. Like, <laughs> at what point, like, at what point you're like, oh, he reminds me of Giannis. Let's get him in the post like Kareem. Like, you know, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, like Tim Duncan. Like, I never, like, had to, it took me a while to appreciate Tim Duncan's post-up game. But, like, he, like that guy was a just a fucking professor on the low block. You know? yeah, yeah. But it also comes down to like Tim Duncan was also slow most of his career. Too. <laughs> just, and he was he was strong as hell. But yeah. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's just cut the post ups out. The fuck is that shit? Hey Gene. Yo, what is do? Um <laughs> man, you know, I was watching the game at the end and then there was like a play where Wanamaker was bringing up the ball and trying to set up Kivon to post up. It took like eight seconds to post him up, give him the ball, and it's just a handoff back to Brad into the corners and nothing. I was like, this is prime Steve Kerr. Like a bunch of ball movement that leads absolutely nowhere. It was just driving me insane. But, um, you know, two questions I have, two names I have that I want your guys' opinions. Uh, one's kind of been mentioned. I think Maple's mentioned him. Brandon Ingram and uh, Jonathan Isaac. Like, what do you guys think about targeting them in trades? You are, you are hitting my wish list. Um, 
I'm I'm all in. Like I, I guess the question is, this is something the Warriors front office has to grapple with. Are they willing to give away like the Wolves pick or Wiseman or both for for players of that caliber who are um you know 22, 23, very talented, but they're not like it's not like Giannis. Like if it's Giannis, you're you know you're trading everyone. Andy and I will go to Milwaukee to make it happen. Doesn't matter. Um, but like, you know, for someone like Ingram, you're like, okay, he's really good, but like, he's not there in terms of being a superstar and giving up everything you have in terms of like picks and all that stuff. Like you're betting on yourself that you can take Ingram from being like, you know, a B, a B level star to like an A level star. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would do it because I think he's that talented and I think put him next to staff and you know, whatever version of clay we get next year. Like that's the type of player I want to like, you know, make it easier on clay where clay can kind of take like the third, fourth role and like, just focus on being useful instead of having to try to be like game six clay. But hmm. would the Warriors do it? That's, that's the question. Would the Warriors do it? I think the Warriors don't do it for Bradley Beal. I think the Warriors would do it for Brandon Ingram. Uh, Brandon Ingram is long uh, defense, high potential upside uh, defensively. Uh, offensively can shoot, uh, play make, can handle a little bit, yeah, handle a little bit. So I think Brandon Ingram, I'm I'm with you, bi, like I'm all in on that. But like the thing is, like, like is Griffin trading Ingram? Like if unless Ingram wants out, is is Beal want to even want to leave Washington? Right? Like, do these guys even want to leave? That's the question. And Giannis, did he want to leave? No. That's why he signed a long-term contract. Now he's still there and struggling. <laughs> and uh, they're not going anywhere, most likely. And, and, and he's stuck there. But it seems like he's okay with that, right? So, um, and, and I think that, uh, I think that's, that's, I think it's a trend. Uh, may push back in the NBA here in the next five, five, half decade or so is that I think there might be a lot of superstars that actually don't want to move. Um, hey, and want to actually stay on their team. Didn't B.I. post some, like, cryptic Batman IG story about wanting to Man, that's just, that's that's just NBA players. <laughs> Can't don't read too much into that. Just uh, don't don't read too much into the true, IG true, stories. True. Never never goes well. All right. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Appreciate you, Eugene. I love his quote. I love his quote on uh, Steve Kerr's offense. Just a whole bunch of ball movement turning into absolutely nothing. Yeah, for sure. All right. I kind of think we should we should probably end it here, Andy. You got anything else? Yeah. No. Good stuff. We're, we've got the. It looks like we got a week off, but I'm sure we'll throw a few pods up uh, between now and then. But uh, but I guess Steph is three point shooting contest, Sam. So we've been locked in for that. And then uh, next Thursday, the Clippers. Next Thursday, Clippers. We appreciate all of you. Come on, this will be on the feed tonight. And yeah, appreciate you. Later, guys. <laughs>